0: Hello, and welcome to The Stockout. This is your show at FreightWaves for all things related to the CPG industry. It's a consumer packaged goods industry. I'm your host, Mike Bowden-Distel. I'm the head of Intermodal Solutions here at FreightWaves. Work primarily on the data side, but also get to do some uh, media stuff, which I enjoy. And today on the CPG a show, we'll be talking to Kelly Thompson, who's the SVP and head of North America for Dumatuck. That Dumatuck's a global uh, food tech company that's involved in uh, sugar reduction. So that's been a big uh, theme in the CPG industry. Is this push toward making products healthier? It seems like every day there's another news story about um, consumer packaged goods and, and and trying to make them them healthy. I mean, some of the things that uh, you know this company you know has on its website really sort of drives that home. Talking about the overconsumption leading to obesity and uh, type two. Uh, diabetes. I also think salt, um, reduction of salt is going to be a big um, you know, trend uh, You know, going forward. Uh, some of the stats I cover is in- interesting on, on Dumatuck's website, 1970s an average American consumed 123 pounds of sugar a year, uh, which seems like a lot, but now it's 152 pounds of sugar, so let's call it a, a 20% um, you know, increase. Uh, so elsewhere, childhood obesity rates went from 5% in the 1970s to 20% today. And forty-two percent of the U.S. population is obese. Not trying to body shame anyone, but um, seems to be getting a, a larger problem, and, and also a problem that not just these companies are, are focused on, and consumers are focused on, but also the government is is focused on. It, you know, across continents, uh, you know, some of the the um, the UK they've already uh, rolled out these new nutrition labels. Might have an example of that uh, to show where we have these stoplight like. Nutrition uh, labels that have to go on the front of packaging. Um, you know, we're considering having those uh, be regulated in the U.S. as as well. In the U.K., they've already banned. Uh, there's there's an example of the of the stoplight like nutrition labels that um, are required um, by the U.K. Health Minister to go on the front of of packages, uh, so you can already see looking at that that that's too high in sugar. I don't want to don't want to eat that if I'm trying to cut back on, on sugar. In the U.K., they've already banned uh, selling certain. Snacks and um, unhealthy products at checkout counters and end of aisle displays because those lead to impulse uh, purchases. And uh, you know, just today there was a news article about Nestle. You know, this is the largest food world's largest food and beverage company that less than half of their uh, product portfolio is uh, considered healthy, and that's something like 2,000 uh, brands. And this company has already done a lot of work in terms of divesting brands like, you know, a lot of the confectionery and candy brands, they've already, you know, divested and, and most of their growth has been in in healthier, um, you know, products. And we've also seen the new regulations come out for school lunches where uh, over the years they have to step down the amount of sugar, amount of salt in uh, school's lunches. The first time that uh, at a national level, uh, you know, sugar has been regulated in, in in school lunch programs. So a lot is, is going on there. And, um, You know, also talk just a minute about some of the other uh, um, information that's on uh, FreightWaves.com related to CPGs. They do have a newsletter that comes out every Wednesday. You can go to FreightWaves.com forward slash the stock out to sign up uh, for that. And then there were also some uh, content uh, this morning just on CPGs. uh, We did on FreightWaves Now uh, a segment examining CPG supply chains. You can see that. I go to FreightWaves.com, scroll down about halfway. You can click to the right there. That was an interview with Paula uh, Heiss, who's a senior VP of Kenko Lo- Ken Lo- Logistics, on the topic of CPG supply chains. Discuss why is CPG margins have contracted uh, in, in, in recent years, and then uh, JP Hampstead put out a article the other day on is inflation crushing e-commerce volume growth? Uh, I think the short answer to that is 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 yes um so go and and, and read that also did a stock out show last week on that parcel segment and direct-to-consumer uh segment with a company called general logistics systems which is a regional uh carrier that does primarily parcel in in the west coast and we got into talking about uh dt a um a lot of subscription boxes and, and and those things so uh, go check those out if if that's of interest uh, to you And with that is just a little bit of an intro. I would like to bring on today's guest, who is Kelly Thompson. She's the SVP head of North America for Dumatok, who is a global food tech company, involved with sugar reduction, including its Incredo Sugar product, which aims to reduce sugar by 30 to 50 percent without compromising on taste or texture. Uh, Kelly, thank you for joining me today.
1: Hey, Mike. How are you? Thank you for having us.
0: I'm glad you could, could make it. This is an interesting company. Um you know, trying to wrap my head around a little bit of the of the technology because it's, if it's sort of as, as good as it's described, I mean, it really sounds like it could be disruptive. You could have something that is just as sweet as a regular, um, you know, as, as sugar, just with, with a lot less uh, sugar. So can you help us uh, maybe just wrap our heads, heads around the, the, the technology a little bit?
1: Sure. We really start with cane sugar. So, I mean, we are using real sugar and we change the process. So we're integrating a carrier that actually changed the crystalline structure to something that's more amorphous. So if you look at sugar today, just pure sugar, you end up getting a pretty hard crystal structure. This process changes that, makes it more amorphous, more random, so it's easier to actually hit your taste buds, and you taste the sweetness faster than you do with regular sugar. So there's a lot of processing technology that is involved in it, but the great thing is it tastes like sugar because it is sugar. It's clean label because it's really just sugar plus a carrier that's typically a protein. And um, it's a great solution to reduce by 30 to 50 percent of the sugar that's in any product.
0: Yeah. I mean, all those things, it seems like consumers really care about. And uh, and a clean label is a big trend. And, you know, I sort of think about sugar reduction. I mean, there's sort of a few different ways to go about doing that. We're all familiar with the artificial sweeteners that are in our Diet Cokes and, and, and those things. And I've seen some other startups that are taking kind of a different approach, like you know, target toast. Can you talk a little bit about me some of the, the advantages and disadvantages of some of those various approaches?
1: Right. Well, I mean, number one thing is that taste is king with any consumer, right? And so, what this technology allows, I mean, it's, some have achieved obviously sugar reduction, and that's and that's great. But this technology, Incredo Sugar, basically allows you to have that same taste of sugar. And every consumer, 90-plus percent, will say they want it to taste exactly the same or at least the same kind of temporal, as we call it, profile of sugar. And that's exactly what Incredo delivers. So that's um, a great benefit, obviously, of Incredo Sugar. Some of the other sweeteners, obviously, can reduce calorie, et cetera. This technology does not. So that could be a benefit if you're looking for that. But we tend to think about having great taste and then using portion control as a way to reduce overall caloric intake.
0: Yeah, that's, that, that's interesting. Um, I, I, mean, I think it is critical to keep the taste. I mean, it seems like, I mean, when I've looked at, you know, consumer packaged goods companies and the elasticities with their, with their sales in response to the rising prices, which we've had plenty of the last two years, the things that taste a certain way, like a lot of food and beverage products seem to be less elastic than, let's say, soap or detergent where people are a little bit more willing to, to trade down. So I, I do think you're onto something with the the, the taste is, is is really important. That's something people are willing to, to, to compromise with. Um, when I think about your product and, you know, you listen on your website a few different segments that you could potentially target. One would be, you know, CPG industry, one would be food service, you know, there would be bakers and chocolatiers. What do you think is the best use case, or maybe not even the best use case, but like the the, the the earliest adoption use case for this? Where do you think we'll see it first?
1: Well, and we are already in some commercial products. So chocolate has been, you know, the great example of what's commercially available right now through the Plumber Chocolate Company, been a great partner for us. So um, fat fillings, baked goods, um, you know, those types of items are what I see as the fast adopters. One thing you should know is Incredo, because of its amorphous structure, it doesn't work today, and I say today, in high water systems. So beverages right now is out, yogurt right now is out, but we are working on future technologies to allow us to attack those segments as well and those categories as well.
0: Yeah, that brings me to another question. I mean, one of the ways that is interesting that you have on your website is, is sort of the way you describe your your company. As you say, you're a leader in efficient delivery of flavors, um, including nutrition such as sugar such as sugar reduction. And sort of the, the way you've worded that, it almost seems like well, you might branch off into other things, other types of flavor profiles. Is there anything you can say about maybe the direction of of, of the company?
1: Nothing I could probably say today, but we certainly are looking at probably all the areas that where there's higher intake than what, you know, a a consumer should have. So, you know, we're really focused on families and kids and making sure you brought up an earlier um, data point on on sugar. And I was just actually looking at the WHO information today for, for 23, and they recommend 25 grams of sugar a day. And the average American is taking on 126 grams of sugar daily. So we are not anti-sugar. Sugar tastes awesome. I I love it, et cetera. We're anti-overconsumption of sugar, and we want healthier kids and healthier consumers overall.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. And it's, and it's hard to give your kids healthy foods because there's so many other pressures on your time. The, the labels are hard to read. You know, it's just you, you're... Going to shop shopping aisle and you you don't have time to read everything. You have a kid, you know, next to you, and, and and those things. So it's it's just it's 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 more difficult. Um, you know, as far as the packaged foods go, I mean, is is there is there a place that will you'll see this? You know, for I guess they sort of asked it already, but but in terms of how do you view the the SKU separation and sort of communicating this to consumers? I mean, do you do you envision you know two similar looking SKUs and one has Incredo sugar and it has kind of a clean label um, and, and the other one's just sort of the traditional, you know, SKU. And it's just, just sort of how do you envision it? Um,
1: yeah, we're probably seeing two, two different situations with customers. Um, and I think the CPG world has been awesome in terms of really partnering with us to find active solutions. They've been really proactive, I think in this, not just sitting back. And we really appreciate that. Um but either they're, you know, I think about it in terms of new line items. So they're trying to say, okay, if I had, you know, brand X, I'm thinking about creating a new kind of line that would be lower in sugar and would utilize in credo, um, you know, and also maybe put in some other healthier things or have portion control, right? Because that also adds to kind of the overconsumption of sugar and also overconsumption of calories in general. And then the other piece that we really see is... Um, you know, great brands saying, you know what? I just want to make sure I can test this and make sure it works 30 to 40 to 50%. And I'm just going to kind of take it down and make my current product overall healthier over time. So, you know, we kind of see those two approaches um, with utilizing Incredo, and, bo- and both is fine. We we understand brands are exceptionally important to, um, you know, these these wonderful companies out there, um, whether it's starting something new or starting something just kind of to take it down 10%, 20% and onward is is their call, and whatever works best, we're, we're here to partner with them.
0: Yeah, we hope. Those are good points on the on the portion control is, is, is almost just as important as, as what you eat. Is, is how much of it you eat. Not a good idea to buy a, a two gallon uh, thing of M and M's at, at Costco, no matter the, the price. I don't think. Um, there, how how is the cost different, you know, currently? If you had a product that has you know, traditional sugar versus one that's incredible sugar,
1: right? So you know. One thing you have to remember is that, so if you're using 1,000 pounds of, of sugar today, you're going to use like 600 pounds of sugar instead of Incredo Sugar, correct? Mm-hmm. And so you do have to have a filler, what we call kind of the bulking agent. Some companies have used sugar typically as their bulking agent. Why? Because consumers love it and also um, it's it's cheap, Right. And instead, you have to think about putting something um, potentially that's healthier in place. So, you know, fibers and things like that, that will make a, a more nutrition product. So that also adds to kind of any cost upcharge. But when you look at total kind of cost and use of product to a product with incredible sugar, um, plus the fillers, I would say it's about 10 to 15 percent above a premium to kind of the full sugar um, that might seem, of course, you know, no one wants to hear something is higher, but you know, you're talking about your health, you're talking about your family's health, you're talking about your kids' health, and um, you know what you put in your body over time really matters. So I see it as an investment into well-being and, and being healthy overall. Um, you know, versus kind of you know it's worth to me a, a 10 to 15 percent upcharge. And certainly, healthier products all across the board are, uh, are are typically more expensive for that reason, because of the quality of the ingredients that they're putting in those, you know, end products, right?
0: Yeah, that doesn't sound bad to me. I mean, uh, the healthy products are always uh, more expensive, and those that healthier segment, which is more expensive, is growing quite a lot faster than the the traditional sort of middle of the road. Segments, so it's demonstrated that consumers are willing to pay a premium for the healthier products. They even seem to be, be, be willing to pay a premium for healthier pet food, uh, you know, products as 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 well. So, um, you know, I, I think it, I, I think it is That's a good, good
1: new category now. I think about of- it. Yes,
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, why don't I ask you a little bit about your um, sort of manufacturing process or and supply chains and. It's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, you, you would use less, I mean, so CPG companies, if they, if they went to a solution like this, you, you talked about it a little bit, I mean, they would use less sugar and then some of these other products, but in terms of other considerations in, um, you know, in the supply chain, what other types of uh, sort of special characteristics do you either you face in, in your production and distribution process or your CPG uh, uh, partner space? Yeah.
1: You know, one, Mike, um, it actually is fairly straightforward, um, which is nice. So we typically work with our customer and they are already bringing in bulk sugar to some degree. So our I can ride along with that sugar, right? There's just, you know, less of it that that would come in. but um, so that works, um, I would say, yeah, exceptionally well in terms of like special storage conditions or anything like that, we don't face that we are just like sugar. So it's ambient temperature and, um, you know, very stable over its shelf life. Um, so we're lucky that way. We are also though, working on, um, a future product that actually would somewhat disrupt the supply chain because it's, it's, it's more of a concentrated product basically that is is going to work just as well. And, um, and this isn't going to have the supply chain, um, any hangups or, or, or um, costs associated are going to be, be reduced greatly. So that's exciting as well.
0: Yeah, we've seen some of that in CPG. Just if you can make the, the product more concentrated, then it's just right. it takes less transportation capacity to to, to, to ship, which um, may be less of a concern now there's excess, excess transportation capacity, but that is only temporary and, until enough transportation capacity comes out of the marketplace or the economy improves and then they'll be tight again. Um, you know, what's interesting is, is so many of these um, these food startups are Israeli companies or at least founded in in, in Israel. And can you explain why and, and how does that um, lead to sort of a, a certain global, you know, distribution pattern? I you mentioned your site that you have, you have a partnership with Atlantic Sugars, Canada's largest, you know, sugar refinery, sort of what does that, you know, partnership uh, do for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, atlantic has been an absolutely great partner for us. And we chose them because a a huge market, obviously, is the U.S. So, um, you're right, um, Dumatope, which now is the name, uh, actually the Incredo company, Incredo Sugar company, um, is actually, uh, um, you know, as a startup out of Israel, has just been absolutely, I mean, wonderful. Um, I would love to know the secret sauce of why, you know, great startups, food tech startups, seem to work there. Um, but I think it's it's a, uh, a couple of you know creative minds along with you know deep science, and and they're just rethinking how any product or package or um, anything works. And I think they're coming up with some really interesting novel approaches. So I've been in the food industry for 35 years. I've worked for some of the largest CPG companies. Um, they've been absolutely wonderful to to work for, and I I welcome actually that um, there's been so many f- um, food you know tech startups that are coming out of any place, but um, seem to be very concentrated in Israel. So um, Israelis have been awesome to work with, and um, you know the partnership with Atlantic, as I stated, has has worked really well.
0: Bless you. Yeah, that's, that's great. Um, you know, interesting to, to see how this develops and, and what other startups can, can arise. I mean, it's, um and, and what's interesting about your company too, is, is your you know, pres- preserving that, that taste and texture profile, which, you know, going back a couple of years, it's like the hot stock was beyond meat, which, um, you know, hasn't done so well in, in terms, it's just, and part of the reason is it was, it was more expensive, but also because the, the taste, you know, was not at at parity, and so it was harder to convince people to pay more for a product that tastes worse. If you know, if the product's healthier but um, it, it tastes the same, I mean, that's going to be a much easier uh, sell. You um, also want to ask you about uh, any um, sort of government, um, you know, regulations or um, you know, government grants or anything that that might move the the needle in one direction. I, mean, I mentioned a few of them at the beginning of the show, but from your perspective. Was there anything that that I missed or that that you would highlight?
1: You know, I thought you did a really nice job of of hitting the high spots. You know, it's interesting, Like The there's regulation almost in every country surrounding the, the U.S. Right, so Canada just you know adopted late last year, the middle of last year, Mexico, the U.K. You mentioned um, Europe, and everyone's seeing this as something that we need to just get after. Um, I'm 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 positive and hopeful and optimistic that we'll take the step forward in in the US as well. Is it always nice to sit back and say, gosh everyone's going to just you know cut back almost 70% of their daily sugar consumption and think that's gonna work? Yeah, I'd like to think that and and or I could look at myself and say that as well. But the point is, we don't. We we need some some guidance. Um, I think some some triggers that help consumers really understand fully when you're selecting one product over over another product. Um, I agree with you. I think consumers are very busy, and um, and they go to what also their family loves and what they grew up with. And and I do the same. Um, but it's time for that change. I think um, you know. I I, I look to I help from, I guess, you know, some, some labeling requirements in the U.S. Um, that will help set, I think, consumers' direction in terms of in the awareness to say, hey, you know what? Can I have the same product, at you know, the same or equal taste or even in some cases prefer it? You know I'll tell you this story, which is interesting. We literally have done consumer tests where we've t- reduced sugar by 40% versus full, and actually, we have come out preferred, like sixty-eight to you know thirty-two, or you know fifty-five to forty-five, because sugar also kind of um, uh, um, uh, how do I say best You know, it it doesn't allow all the flavors to come out, right? So it suppresses those flavors, and once you actually pull some of that out. You know, your chocolate flavor, your vanilla flavor, your hazelnut flavor, et cetera, is actually more pronounced and tastes better to consumers. So there's really a, a win-win, you know, for the consumers out there from a nutrition standpoint, but also just from a flavor standpoint. Um, so anyway, I thought that was an interesting um, consumer test kind of to, to, to share with you.
0: Yeah, that's that's really interesting. How those this, the flavors are sort of suppressed, and then you just need it gets to be like an arms race. You need more of that stuff that's unhealthy for you in order to make it taste the way it's supposed to taste. And I mean, there's parallels to other industries. It's almost like the CPG companies have gotten to be so good at efficiency and that they've you know lowering costs and producing things with a high margin. I mean, some of the CPG margins are really high on those on those branded products, and and they've you know, done that, I think, at the expense of of health. Um, maybe it's hyperbolic to say that you know, big food is just like big tobacco, but, I mean, they've gotten to be maybe too efficient, kind of like the, the railroads. I mean, they got to be, you know, too efficient, and then the, the rail service wasn't very good. It's it's almost like the the, the customer service isn't as, as good as it should be for a lot of these CPG companies. Um, you know, do you have any strategies for managing transportation capacity. I mean, one of the the interesting things from some of the other companies I've talked to on, on this show is they're um, sort of fast growing brands. And at first they only have certain amount of, uh, uh, you know, just goods that need to be shipped. And so they sort of have to purchase uh, transportation capacity in the spot market and they have to get to a certain level in order to uh, participate in sort of a bidding, a bidding process. But do you have any sort of special um, considerations and are you using, you know, strictly truck or you do any, any, any rail, just interested to hear about uh, your transportation capacity needs?
1: Yeah, right now, I mean, we're, you were using trucks and we're probably in a slightly different situation and it's an easier situation, first of all. And that's, even though we're a startup, we're really able to work with the, you know, customers and, and ride along with kind of their, you know, their sugar that they're pulling now. So that affords us, I think, a more streamlined way to get product to our, our customers, um, we will, if if needed, obviously get uh, material to, you know, another, let's just say it's another startup that's, you know, fast moving with us, but we'd probably do it in, um, you know, a, a different way. And we, we utilize distributors as well through the U.S. to actually get product to our customer set. So we're in a slightly um, different situation, probably certainly better because we can ride along with. Sugar that our customers are, are already pulling in, so.
0: Oh yeah, so that, that makes a lot of sense. to Sort of piggyback off of the other all other all sugars, right? Well, that's great. Um, so this is this is all the all the time we have. But I just want to thank you for for spending um, a little bit of time with me. How can folks uh, reach out to you and find out more about Dumatok?
1: Absolutely, they can reach me, and I appreciate it, Mike. At um, Kelly at Dumatok So I would love for anybody to reach out if you're interested in reducing sugar levels without a taste trade off. Thanks for every thanks for your time. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, thanks. Thanks very much. Great great to see you.